Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Listen, I, I, am, I, I could not be more pleased. I didn't necessarily plan it this way because we didn't know coming into this series of messages exactly how the timelines were going to play out and intersect. But I could not be happier today that the, the, the cross-section between this moment in the life of this church and this message in this series of messages has come together and converged on this day uh, as we resume now our series, um, How to Change the World. And I'm going to share with you a message today entitled, Do Your Part. And if you really want to be a world changer, how many of you know that it, it, is, it is one thing to have the ability to come forward and express where the problems are, but it is something entirely different when you not only come to identify the problems, but you also come with a solution and a willingness to be a part thereof. That's a, that's a different breed. That's a different type of individual church. And can I just share with you today that I believe that that is the type of person that the Lord is looking for today. That is the type of person that the Holy Spirit is searching and seeking for today is the person who not only can recognize the wickedness and the depravity in this generation, but they're also able to do more than sit around and complain about it. They're also able to stand as Isaiah and say, Here am I, Lord, send me, use me, work through me, bless through me, because I'm available to do my part. Right? So here we are today, and for those of you who've been on this journey with us from the beginning... You're familiar with the distressing circumstances in the opening here of this book. We've been studying through the book of Nehemiah, if you want to join us there. News has come to Nehemiah that the walls of Jerusalem have been torn down and the gates have been burned. And I'm not going to spare you the long version of it this morning, but contextually speaking, can I just simply say to you today that in the context of things, as far as ancient cities go, it couldn't get much worse than it is right now. It couldn't get much worse than it was. The city was in desperate need of a champion, someone who would give their time, their talents, their efforts, their resources in making it great again. They, they needed that person. In other words, Jerusalem and its inhabitants needed a world changer. How many of you would say that you know somebody today, you know some situation today, you know some environment today that needs a world changer, that needs somebody who will stand up in availability and say, here am I, Lord, use me. And Nehemiah has very graciously accepted this role as world changer, and we've watched his progress for the last few weeks as he has certainly allowed himself to be used by the Lord to change the world around him. Now, what an exciting conclusion last time that we were together as we read towards the end of chapter 6 and Nehemiah lets us know that the construction of the walls has found its completion. 
The construction of these walls had found its completion. And if you'll remember, all the way back to Nehemiah chapter 2, Nehemiah had promised the king of Persia that he would return to his duties as the cupbearer at Susa at an appointed time, at a definite time. A, a construction project was only the beginning, though, of what Nehemiah had felt concerning the restoration. And here's where I want to begin to draw a little bit of a parallel between the, the text here and the narrative that we're reading and this, this juncture in the life of this church. And that is this. A construction project is only the beginning of the work that the Lord has for you and I. Facilities facilitate. That's all. They are consecrated for the purpose of God. They are consecrated for the service of God. But the church does not exist to serve a building. The church exists to serve a purpose. And the facility has to facilitate the people serving the purpose. Because if the facility doesn't facilitate the people serving the purpose, then the people end up serving the tradition of the facility. And the church dies and disintegrates because we fail then to keep the main thing the main thing. So I want to say to you today that even going into this project, understand this, that there is a vision that goes so far beyond the next nine months. There's a vision that goes so far beyond the next couple of years, and it's a vision that goes into the future should the Lord tarry his coming that we'll see generations of people being impacted through the ministries of Faith Assembly Church. And, and this is where this gets so important because remember, there's an appointed time when Nehemiah must go back to serve as the cupbearer of Susa, as a man of his word, and he's going to serve there under Artaxerxes. And this construction project was only the beginning of what Nehemiah had felt concerning the restoration of Jerusalem. And can I tell you that this is only the beginning of what we feel concerning the restoration of this community to a faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Remember, this was about more than a restored city. This was about a restored society. A society that honored God. How many of you would like to see that in this generation? A society that would operate according to the principles of his word. How many of you would like to see that in this generation? So the task of believers today is not simply to work to see that our economy is strong or simply to be sure that our defenses are in place. Ours is the call to be an active part in the restoration and the redemption of a society that honors God, that lives according to his commands, that reverences the truth of his word. And there's no time to simply look at the feats of yesterday and be satisfied that our work is finished it's time and what we'll all see is that Nehemiah has realized in this chapter that even though they aren't in the walls or the gates that there's that there's still gaps in the city of Jerusalem 
What is a gap? What is a gap? And what gaps will we be talking about today? I'm going to give you this very simple acrostic, and you can, you've probably seen it before, you've heard it before, no doubt, but I want to remind you of it because in 20 years of ministry, I've come to realize that pastoral ministry is more about reminding than it is revealing. So I want you to understand that as you and I look around the world and we see gaps and we see places and we wish somebody would, that very likely we also need to pray with the mindset that maybe somehow, some way that somebody could be me because a gap represents God's appointed person. God's appointed person and it's time for Nehemiah to step out and step on to the next thing that God has in store therefore it's time for other people to step up and as Nehemiah is looking around at a construction project that is completed he's realizing that there is a personnel problem that exists where there are still gaps that need to be filled by God's appointed people to step up and step into the responsibilities that they are being and if I could just speak this morning from a visionary standpoint I'd say that I believe the Lord is getting ready to greatly increase the territory of the ministries of this church and I for one church am believing for big things big things set the building aside do whatever you want to do with the facilities I'm serving a vision. I'm serving a purpose. I'm serving a call of God. And I believe with all my heart the one day, one day that equates to the church, faith assembly church, serving a multiplied number of people than what it is right now and that has nothing to do that has nothing to do with the number itself and it has everything to do with the effectiveness and the impact and the authority that God gives to impact a region with the gospel of Jesus Christ And I, I'm believing for big things. And as we step out, it's going to be imperative for many among this body to step up. Can I tell you today that there are opportunities? You may come into this place week after week after week after week, and you sit and you enjoy the powerful ministries that take place. But can I tell you something? There are gaps all over the place. There are gaps all over the place. We, we need people who will say, you know what, I want to pour into the next generation. I believe that the next great evangelist may be sitting over in kids' church, and I want to have a part in their development. That is you right now in Jesus name there there are people that are sitting at home today who can't be here to 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 celebrate with us the goodness of God and they have no other choice than to rely on the digital means that we have to get that do you know there there are people who are going to stand up and say you know what I'm ready to serve I'm ready to make myself to be discomforted for just a little bit and to offer a sacrifice of service to the Lord there, there are, and you will hear about them going on. I don't have time to go through all of them this morning, but those are just a couple of highlights there for you. And, and here's the thing. Nehemiah and the Jewish community had accomplished a major feat in, in building the wall in such a short period of time. As a matter of fact, I'm going to my contractor this week with this text. And I'm going to talk to him about how Nehemiah built an entire city wall in just a few days. 
but, but their, their construction role has now come to a close and all that was needed as far as the wall was concerned was a little maintenance, but now there were other jobs that, that made the city great that needed to be resumed. And I am of the persuasion that it's not the greatest greatness of the priests or the preachers that is the strength of the church. If the ministry of those employed by the church would have ever been enough to spread this gospel across the earth, the task would be completed by now. If the task could be accomplished simply by filling the pulpits on a Sunday morning with a well-constructed sermon, the job would be done at this point. And we could all rest at ease. Because I don't believe the church, I don't believe the strength of the church rests in its priests or in the pastors alone, but rather the strength of the church will be realized when spirit-filled men and women of God realize that they have a God-given role to fill and we collectively as the body of Christ rise up and set ourselves about the Father's business with a reliance on the Holy Spirit. That is when the church will realize her full potential. And Nehemiah has recognized the need and he's about to take action in, in three distinct areas. And if you have your Bible with you this morning, turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 7. Nehemiah chapter 7, and we're going to begin to look at the call of God here and the needs that were present in that community. And, and we're going to pick it up here in verse 1. Nehemiah chapter 7 verse 1 says, After the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed. And I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hanai, and along with him the commanders of the citadel because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. And I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot while the gatekeepers are still on duty. Have them shut the doors and bar them. Also appoint the residents of Jerusalem as guards some at their posts and some near their own houses. Now the city, the city and the temple, three things needed a trustworthy security operation. They needed, the city needed spiritual organization and the city needed regular, effective teaching of the word of God. Three things that were needed there. And these things would be a daunting task for Nehemiah along with the growing population of that city and an, an absolute impossibility once he returned to Susa to resume the duties of the king's court. I can identify with Nehemiah in this text. And the reason that I can identify with Nehemiah in this text is that a couple of weeks ago, I just had a birthday. And I'm, I'm not an old man by any means, but I'm not as young as I used to be. I, I am increasingly more aware of my mortality. And I realize there'll come a day that I won't stand in this space. That someone's voice will resonate through these halls and declare the goodness of God and it won't be mine. 
And church, I've got to tell you, I'm leading with everything I've got in me for the day that can come that I will pass the baton to somebody else who can take it up and run and run effectively and run fully and headlong into the purpose of God for this church because it's not about me and it's not about what I can do, but it's about what we can do collectively that will impact not just today, and what we feel and what pleases us but it will impact generations after us and Nehemiah here is recognizing that there's, a day, there's coming a day when he's going to be leaving the scene and it's going to be impossible it's going to be impossible for him to carry on the tasks and lead in the way that's necessary for it to be led but the good news is here that there were people everybody say people One man said, I could get along just fine in ministry if it weren't for the people. What he ignorantly misunderstood is that ministry is people. And if you don't like people, go drive a truck. Go do something else. But don't attempt ministry. Because ministry is people. Ministry is not singing a song. Ministry is not preaching a sermon. Ministry is people. And we love people. And people know that we love people because most of the people that stay here with us say that we have never been to a church and experienced the love and the welcome that we experience at Faith Assembly Church. So thank you for embracing that paradigm that ministry is about people. And here's the people that were there with Nehemiah. They were people with giftings, people with talents, and people with skills to cover all the areas of need. And for the needs in our world, for the needs in your family, for the needs in your community, for the needs in our church, God has entrusted to people I'm talking about you, right to your face. That God has entrusted the giftings, the talents, the skills, the abilities to supply every need that we have in people. God has vested those talents in you. God has vested those gifts in you. That if you just stand up and say, here am I, Lord, anoint my life and use me for your glory... We're going to see God do incredible things. Because God is still in the business of calling and equipping people for the work of the ministry. Here's, there's a role for you to play, and, and this is something, and if I, were to, if I were to call my team forward this morning and each one by one give them a microphone, and right now they're panicking because they think I just might. But to ask them and say, hey, what is something that Pastor Steve stresses often to you? And they would say, if they had clear thought in that moment and could think of words, they would say, well, he often emphasizes to us the Ephesians 4 model of ministry. And the Ephesians 4 model of ministry is this, that so Christ himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to do everything that was necessary for the church to move forward. No, it's not. 
It's not right. That's the view of a lot of people, and that is the view of modernized Christianity in a lot of places. Is that, that those things, the work of the ministry, that's the pastoral team's job. That, that, belongs to, that belongs to those people. But it says here in the Word, so Christ himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip the people. To equip the people for the works of service so that the body may be built up. Why do we have worship pastors to train and to teach people to lead worship because the ministry belongs to the people? Why do we have an outreach pastor to, to align and to formulate ways to mobilize people to go out in the community and effectively evangelize and minister to people because the ministry belongs to the people we're not here just to serve the wants and the whims and the wishes we're here to move the kingdom forward and advance the purpose of God in this world wherever you are God has given you a role to play and, and I don't believe that for one minute that God has just put you at any station in your life just to occupy space. I just don't buy it. Not in our church, not in your home, not at your job. If you are there, if you are sucking air, God has a purpose for you there. Man, maybe I should have been a poet, I don't know. But... There is a role for you to play as a kingdom ambassador. And, and the bad news, here's the bad news. The bad news, and as, as we're reading the bad news, I want you to remember the words of Jesus. How many of you just wish people would just get saved? I mean, I just, I wish. Oh my God, I just wish we'd come to church and the, place would be full and I just wish the altars would I wish Jesus said that the fields are white unto harvest the reality is according to not my opinion but according to the words of Jesus that there is low-hanging evangelical fruit, a harvest that's just there for our taking. But the misfortune in it all is that while the laborers, while the, while the harvest is white and the field is plentiful, the laborers are few. And here's Nehemiah. And and the bad news for Nehemiah was that while God showed him what needed to be done and had gifted and equipped men to fill those badly needed roles, there were not as many of them to be found within the city. You see, they had built the wall, but not, not many people had chosen to accept the responsibility of living inside the wall. Because inside the wall were these previously stated responsibilities of being sure that the city was secure, that the worship was organized, and that the word of the Lord was being taught. And there were a lot of people 
Nobody wanted to live outside of the promised land. A lot of people had returned from exile. But, and, and nobody wanted to live outside the promised land, but few people had chosen to live inside the wall. Verse 4, now the city was large and spacious, but there were few people in it. And the houses had not yet been rebuilt, so God put it in my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, and the common people for registration by families. And I found the genealogical records of those who had been in the first to return. And this is what I found written therein. These are the people of the province who came up from captivity of the exiles whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had taken captive. And they returned to Judah, each one to his own town. And Nehemiah begins to list this great group of people that have returned from the exile. And Nehemiah's greatest challenge was not that he couldn't find people appropriately gifted for the positions that needed to be filled, but that he couldn't find those who had the giftings who were living inside the realm of responsibility. They were all living outside the city walls. And the point of the message is this. You are here for a purpose. You're in your home and your family for a purpose. You're in this church for a purpose. You are at your job for a purpose. And you have been uniquely gifted doesn't matter what the adversaries lied to you and told you you are uniquely gifted and you have a role to play so my plea my appeal to you as we enter into a new season of expectation as to what God would do this is no time for vacation this is no time for pulling away and saying well you know what they're in that temp space and because they're not in my preferred space and it's a little less comfortable I don't know if I think I'll just take a no because we're not here to serve a building we're here to serve a purpose and church we have this opportunity a great occasion that we can leverage for God's glory a great season to leverage for the advance of the church but it's going to require all of us praying seeking believing serving giving all of the above and I beg of you don't stand outside the wall of responsibility as it pertains to doing your part churches suffer today because God's appointed people aren't willing to step up and into the realm of responsibility because there are those who refuse to recognize that they have been strategically placed by the hand of God that this is where they belong and they have a role to fill families suffer today because God's appointed person isn't willing to recognize that home is where they belong and so on so forth Nehemiah casts a vision and our worship team you can come and I'm going to ask Pastor Lisa to join me here
Nehemiah casts a vision and the, the lengthy list of names that comes after that represents more than 40,000 returnees from exile. And there really is no reason for gaps. He should have more than enough people to cover all the needs. As a matter of fact, they ought to be able to serve in rotation. But this list emphasized the importance of every believer's role in kingdom work. And as we move into the next season, I don't want you to think that it's all about walls or gates. This is about being better positioned to serve this body and the community around us. And the vision ahead requires that we all do our part. I want to invite you to stand. And in just a moment, we're going to sing a very special song. I, I even waxed a little sentimental here myself today. Because as we were approaching this moment, I cast my memory back to the very first Sunday that I ever preached a message in this room. And I called ahead to the worship team and I said, would you, would you do me a huge favor? Would you sing this one song for me? And our team's coming and as they come, we're just gonna worship the Lord and this is a song of commitment and this is a song of dedication. And it just simply says, Jesus at the center of it all. Because we believe that he is. We believe that he's leading. We believe that he's guiding and directing. And as we make that our heart's prayer today, let's just position ourselves to say, here am I, Lord. Use me. Here am I, Lord. I want to be available for prayer. I want to be available to lift up this body. I want to be available to serve. I want to be available to give. But Lord, right now, we just put you at the center of it all. It's not about walls. It's not about gates. It's about you. It's about our abilities to fulfill the vision that you've given us. that really at the end of the day translates into people and how we can better serve them how we can better exhibit your love to them and how we can better position them to receive you and God we give you the glory the praise and the honor for it all we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today if you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.